We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, today has all been about USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. So much to cover. We did go over a lot of it. Let's circle back to the more immediate things that are going on with college football, with this happening. As I said early, Oklahoma, Texas going to the Southeast Conference felt like the first domino to fall. It took till now for the Big Ten to respond, and boy, did they ever. I mean, this wasn't just a a little, you know, a blip. This was a huge earth-shattering one with USC and UCLA uh, coming into the fold. Is there any chance that it'll stop for a while, that things will settle down and we'll actually get a few years with, you know, those four teams going to the two big conferences and they'll actually play a season with just those teams? Or is it just inevitable that they're going to turn into two super conferences? I mean, to me, it seems inevitable. Um, there's a long way to go before you know these teams officially arrive in, in their new leagues. USC and UCLA, of course, to the Big Ten in 2024. Um, that's a lot of time. I, I, I don't think the dominoes are done falling yet. I mean, for, for starters... You know the Pac-12 has some work to do. What are they going to do? And I know that 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 most likely means um, San Diego State or or teams that aren't really relevant to this conversation about super leagues. But um, you know they're at 16 teams now in, in the Big Ten. I I don't know if if anybody's standing pat on anything. And you know where we are in college football right now is everything's in fast forward. Uh, you've had a, a few moves happen um, in response to another o- over the years. You've seen, um, you know, when Nebraska goes to the Big Ten, that created the Leaders and Legends division. Uh, you had the, the Big 12 um, then. Uh, they, they, they have to respond to that. So I, I feel like there are still some moves to make for both of these leagues there are still premium brands available there are still television rights to negotiate um i i don't i don't think that they're done yet and to me me most of all usc and ucla i just don't think when it's all said and done that they're the only western presence in in the big 10 and I, I just I just feel like there's more to do to get some balance and to get travel logistics settled. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like the, these are, are, are steps that are being taken that are going to be followed up with something else. Okay, Dustin, put on your prognosticator hat. What is the next step? What will happen? I assume everyone's going to wait on Notre Dame. The first step will be: Will they or won't they? Right. 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 Will Will they Will they give up their independence uh, now with things changing? I, I I do think they're going to. The question is, and and this maybe ties into to, to yours is, 
Um, how long is that going to take? That is that is not a straightforward negotiation. That is, there, you know, Notre Dame has been adamant about protecting this status for so long in order for them to give that up. And everybody's going to know that they're the most premium brand available. So if there's an arms race to try to add um, more television value, there's no bigger fish out there than, than Notre Dame. And maybe it is true that Notre Dame holds up the rest of the uh, realignment market. Maybe that takes a year or two to to put together. It's not like I don't think if the Big Ten has to play a few years at these sixteen teams, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Uh, I just don't think it's the end step, and I, I feel like it's going to move faster than that. But um, you know, if they have to compete all the way through two thousand twenty four with you know two thousand twenty five with with these teams, I think they're okay with that. But I think they would like to add more, and I just feel like. You know, with this in mind, like my prediction would be, I know we talked before about getting rid of divisions entirely. I think you're going into pods now. You know, I think you're you're going to 20 teams and you're having four or five team pods where now you've got a Western division where uh, it's USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, and Stanford, wh- whoever ends up joining the fold. That to me is, is how it makes the most sense is you're able to have some kind of geographic boundary, uh, but instead of it being a conference bound by geography, you've got your divisions that are you know more geographically uh, inclined. How about the Southeast Conference? Where do they go from here? Boy, I mean... Who, who else is out there for the taking? You know, it, it gets complicated with Clemson and Florida State and Miami, but that makes the most sense. You've got teams. I mean, that is part of your footprint already. The Southeast, it includes the state of Florida, includes Georgia. You know, South Carolina is in the SEC. It makes sense to go after the best teams left uh, in those southern states. And, you know, if you're adding Clemson, uh, you hope that Miami, that brand, can get back to where it was before. Uh, I, I think those those make sense. But, again, you are talking about complex negotiations. You're not talking about just being able to pry them away uh, like, like you were able to do with USC and UCLA. There's work to be done, but I think they're going to keep doing this work. I really do. What effect do you think all these changes will have on, we talked about it a little bit, a, a college football playoffs? And – you know, let's forget that the Southeast Conference and Big Ten are going to get those 24-team mega conferences. Let's say they either stay at 16 or maybe take another team or two and get up to 18. What effect will that have on the playoffs? Will it push for expanded playoffs sooner? I, I, I think you have to at, at that at that rate um, because – you know, four playoff teams when you have these leagues with all those good teams in it. You know, like it's not like USC can just walk to a Pac-12 title now and and be be secure in, in their placement in the college football playoff. Um, you know, you're going to have teams that are that are fifth or sixth out of 20 or 24 again if that's where all this ultimately goes, as we think, who are going to be perfectly good playoff contenders. Um, so I feel like the, the collection and how dense these conferences are going to be with elite programs, you know, the, the best teams are going to be on, on the outside looking in if you only take four. I really feel like we're going to go to um, eight or 12, you know, whenever they're able to, I guess, in 2025. It's the only way. 
you, you would think that would be the case. Now, what I find a little bit intriguing is those conferences, uh, the ACC, Pac-12, uh, Big 12, that delayed the expansion of playoffs. They may have shot themselves in the foot. They maybe should have locked themselves into something, you know, whether it's an automatic bid for, you know, the conference winner, somehow, some way, because now they may just be at the mercy of the Southeast Conference and the Big Ten. I mean, that's one way to circumvent one opponent of uh, of expansion is just to make that opponent completely irrelevant. And it's a that's a that's a it's a big move from these leagues saying, you know what, Big Twelve, all right, if, if we're gonna stand in the way of progress, you're just not gonna be part of this. And uh, at, at this point in time, I mean, you could have Oklahoma State or or somebody catch on someplace else. You have I've seen Kansas to the Big Ten, which just it feels weird to me, but I, I, maybe that's ends up happening, but. Um, you're going to have the Big 12 be as irrelevant as ever. And it feels like a lot of these moves over the past like 15 or 20 years have really targeted the Big 12. Like the Big 12 has been fighting for its life and its relevance for two decades now. And I think we're getting to a point, Jim, where where the Big 12 is ultimately going to lose that fight. Well, if, you know, history is our guide. Uh, remember the Southwest Conference going away, but, you know, uh, four of their teams merged with what was the Big A and they became the Big 12. You know, is that ultimately the answer for them and the Pac-12? Let's face it, use, losing USC and UCLA, especially USC, that's their name brand. You know, the, the Pac-12, whatever remnants there are, and the Big 12, you could say the same thing, what remnants there are there. Do they look at each other as either one swallows the other or do they get together and say, hey, let's just take the best of both of us and put it together? It's hard for me to believe that the Pac-12 could be sitting down right now saying, you know what, we're going to be just fine if we add an up-and-comer. If we add San Diego State, we're going to be just fine. Clearly the writing is on the wall you know, because your loss, which is a huge loss, is a huge gain for somebody else. And just picking and choosing from smaller fish to, to, to graduate upwards and join your league probably isn't going to be good enough in, in this new world. I mean, the Big Ten just doesn't have a lot of weak links in it. And, you know, they're going to be so strong, so heavy at the top. You can't go out there and add you know, a, a program from a lesser division and really expect to be relevant uh, in the way things are going. I mean, they're going to have to get creative. And the Big 12 and the Pac-12 marriage seems to make a lot of sense. And if that ends up being what happens, then what becomes of the ACC now? You know, it again comes comes down to that. The Big 12 and the, and the Pac-12, you know, geographically it makes some sense. But what's left for, for the ACC uh, if if – there's nowhere nowhere else to expand. They to me, and, and really the, they need Notre Dame. But if you're Notre Dame, is there any way in the world with things sitting the way they are now? Can you go to the? You can't go to the ACC. You can't. And I feel if they haven't gone to them over the last couple years, the ACC is just losing out in credibility. 
they're losing financially because of the other conferences, Southeast Conference and Big Ten, are advancing. So if you're Notre Dame and you have your pick, you can't possibly go to the ACC, can you? It makes no sense whatsoever unless unless they compete somehow and they are on their own planet when it comes to the revenue share or that they allow, are allowed to maintain some uh, of that independence. I don't know that the ACC can really make a sweet enough deal to keep the 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 to keep Notre Dame outside of one of these leagues. And if they're going to join one of these major leagues, uh, it's got to be the Big Ten. I think it's just a matter of, of, of when now, not if. And I could have never said that prior to this latest move. And my feeling on the rest of the ACC is Clemson, Miami, Florida State, do they want to stick it out with the ACC or move on? That determines whether we still have an ACC or not. All right, Dustin, that is it for our show. I'm sure that's not the end of this conversation, though. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind we are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.